Final question, was Einstein right or was he wrong? Einstein? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what right now. He, um, he was wrong when he tried to take my girlfriend. Hello everyone, how art thou? If you're wondering who coined this phrase while well, you're in luck, welcome to Passion Play. This podcast is where you can learn quickly from passionate experts all around the world. We really appreciate your support and thank you for listening. I'm so excited to announce today's guest. He's a filmmaker, storyteller, and the funniest person on the planet. Perry Grone is a stand-up comedian who performs all throughout LA. He does it all, improv, skits, video editing, cinematography, and a hilarious podcast entitled Homemade with Perry Grown. I encourage you to check it out. You will laugh 100%. He has also traveled the world, meeting different cultures and sharing their stories, from South Sudanese refugees to indigenous peoples in Costa Rica. Altogether, Perry's an amazing human being and has the ability to make anyone smile. Without further ado, I would like to welcome Perry onto the show. Hi, Perry. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah, yeah, the audio is perfect. Wow, that was uh, quite an intro. I hope that this is able to live up to those expectations. But thank thank you for the kind words, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Well, it's so nice to chat with you. How are you doing over there in the States? How's the weather? Well, the state that I'm in, uh, I live in California, the weather here is nice. Um, my air conditioner is not working properly, so it's very hot right now in my apartment. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's, it's pretty, it feels good over here from time to time when the, when the weather's warm. Yeah, I know there's a big heat wave going over pretty much the whole world. Um, I was in France a couple of weeks ago, they're at like 40 degrees and then I know um, certain areas of the United States are supposed to be pretty hot, but it looks like it is bearable for now. But yeah, no, thank you for being on the show, it's so nice to chat with you. Um, yeah. A lot of the listeners here have listened to your uh, your videos and the skits that you post on Instagram and it's just so funny, you're hilarious and very creative as well. I feel like you need to have you know the balance between the intelligence and also being able to think of new material on the spot. Uh, so that's something that we'll touch on a little bit later because I think the you know the psychology and the, the process behind it, the creative process is, is very interesting. So it's really tricky yeah. and yeah, I'm still trying to figure out like the creative process of writing jokes and stuff like that and there's a, I guess like a difference between writing jokes and then making comedy videos and then also improv. It's like different parts of your brain that work to put uh, the comedy together depending on the outlet, whether that's stand-up or, or a video or, you know, whatever it is. But yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's so funny <coughs> because, you know, so many comedians, you... You know, obviously they make a lot of jokes and it's very foolish, but, you know, the intelligence and like the, as you said, the process behind it is often so um, complex, obviously mixed with spontaneity, but there is definitely, a, you know, an element behind that. So yeah, that's really, really cool. So yeah, so I'll jump right into it. Obviously, you're, you're pursuing comedy. Um, you've had the opportunity to, um, you know, to speak and to do stand up in front of a lot of different audiences. So for you, when did you realize that comedy was something that you wanted to pursue? I, I had the idea to do it uh, probably since like eighth grade or freshman year of high school. And, but I was kind of too afraid to tell people that that's what I wanted to do. I was like a little embarrassed. 
but I also knew that I always wanted to make movies too. And then so for like four, I would like about like 10 years. That's what I kind of did. I yeah. focused on content creation and traveling and documentary. And I've done <clears throat> short films and I've like one been in film festivals and won awards and stuff like that. So I did that for like 10 years and learned how to tell stories and kind of learn how to write. Like I wrote a lot of stuff, a lot of scripts and whatever. And then through traveling, man, you kind of <clears throat> figure out who you are. I mean, I traveled pretty much nonstop for like two years and a lot of it was to uh, two, three years, probably three years. Uh, and a lot of it was to uh, underdeveloped parts of the world and just, and seeing, going through that, it kind of really put, gave me a perspective, uh, on my life. It was just kind of like yeah. identity crises over and over and over again. And it was like, it kind of just like, you know, it's like you're a piece of coal and it just like crushes you into a, you know, I guess like a diamond or whatever to where you can go down to the bare minimum or bare necessity of who you think you are and the common denominator to everything that I experienced <clears throat> whether that was with my friends or whether that was like refugees or in somewhere uh it was just laughter it was just making fun of each other and pointing at each other's differences or pointing or making fun of yourself it was just like how can I make this situation have some levity and how can I, yeah, bring some light into this situation. Uh, and I just kind of realized after years that that's what made me happiest when I was feeling, I guess, the loneliest or like the most anxious or the most depressed growing up. And, and so I was like, and then through traveling, I realized that, you know, that's what everybody can relate to is just yeah. laughing and goofing around. And so I was like, okay, let me try, let me try to do this. And then I, went and did an I did a couple improv classes and which was awesome and then in one of my improv classes uh and again I always had stand up in the back of my mind but it was <clears throat> literally like I swear to god the scariest thing that I could ever uh, ever imagine doing uh I my, my whole life I hated public speaking hated public speaking it was terrifying. I just avoided every class that I was supposed to do it in. I didn't, I just didn't understand it. And I, but I was always mesmerized by people that could get in front of someone else and, and, you know, talk and then let alone <clears throat> tell a, tell a story or tell a, tell a joke. So anyways, I took the improv class. There was a girl in the class that was like, Oh yeah, I do. I do stand up. I do like, uh, just do open mics and yeah. I take a private class and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh man. So then, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's a long story behind me doing my first open mic and it was a horribly anxious, anxiety causing experience. And then I did it and that was last year and I've done it. Um, I don't know, per, uh, try to go, try to do it almost every single day, sometimes more than once a day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And I, I really like the metaphor you, you gave with like, you know, coal being crushed into a diamond, you know, all the experiments that you, all the experiences that you had um, allowed you to really kind of fine tune um, like who you are at your core and what you want to bring to the world. So I think that that's a really, really nice metaphor. And yeah, I mean, as you said, like public speaking, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, the top three most feared things in the world, just in generally for most people. And for you being able to have that first experience and be, you know, obviously very nervous and 
as you said, do it every day since then, or even, you know, multiple times a day. Just, and I'm sure now compared to the first time is, is so much better and you learn um, like from each day and from each time that you do it. And it's just, I'm sure it's practice at the end of the day and you get better and better. Uh, so that's really, really great and, and really inspiring too. The first time I ever did an open mic was at this uh, comedy club and an open mic, essentially, if people don't know what it is, because it is a, there's a difference between an open mic and a show An open mic is most of the time, especially in L.A., <clears throat> it's most of the time just in front of other comedians and they're, you know, you're not in front of a real like a actual audience where an actual audience is there for to watch you and and they're there to like laugh and. And other comedians are there to do their jokes and then to network and, and not that they're not supportive. It's just like a very different, very different vibe. So that's what an open mic is. But so I went back to the same place that I did an open mic <clears throat> uh, like two nights ago and did the same room, did the same amount of time and everything. They give you three minutes to tell jokes. And just my attitude was so much different than the first time then that I went up and I was, you know, I was on the same stage and uh, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was just very cool to see the, the growth in it. And I, I think like a lot of the times I get caught up in like comparing myself to others and, or like having these ideas of where I want to go or who I want to be or who I, what I want to represent or like, I don't know, just like the goals that I have. But then I realized, dude, I have to just be patient with this and just com compare myself to who I was, you know, yeah. yesterday as opposed to who someone else is to today. I think that who was, there's a, somebody that Joe Jordan Peterson said something like that, like compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. So try to keep that mindset. It is hard though. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's like human nature, you know, you, you grow up comparing things like it's just part of uh, growing up as a kid and you kind of have to take the time to understand that, um, you know, you're comparing yourself against your previous self, as you said, and uh, focusing on you. Um, and that, that's really great advice. And I know that's applicable in so many different fields. Um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that. So we kind of touched, touched on this a little earlier. How do you generate ideas for the skits that you record and is there a creative process that you follow when you create them or is it um, kind of in the moment and spontaneous? Again, like with content, I'm trying to, cause I have like my YouTube channel and that I'm trying to grow into like have a longer form skits. So it essentially is like, yeah. and that I'm still like very much in the experimental stage. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to be at the start of it at the beginning of it and just like test tons of different ideas and what I like the most and what the audience responds to the most. But I, I would like to get to the point where it's like just either like kind of like TV show type of vibe where it's, you know, it's just like me doing different improv skit or yeah, improv skits or, but again, totally on the YouTube side of things, I'm not sure where it's going to go. Um, I have my podcast and I post my podcast videos on there and that's just like a 30 minute video of me talking or whatever. And I, but I, and I really love doing that. So on the YouTube side of things, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but it's just something, it's a super fun outlet and I get good response on there. So I hope, I think people are enjoying it. Um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Instagram videos, that's just like on the spot, spont spontaneity, spontaneous, spontaneous, spontaneous. That's the 
correct word uh <laughs> spontaneous like videos in the moment and sometimes i'm like oh i need to post a video or i not need but i like i want to post a video right now so i will think of a video and then do it um within a matter of you know 60 seconds and it's just very oh, really wow it's yeah. that soon yeah it's very random i'm trying wow. to shoot these longer videos with my brother and um and so we're turning the air conditioning on. Uh, I'm trying to shoot these longer videos with my brother and that's gonna be more well thought out, probably skits. We'll probably write a little bit of it. So I think it's all about experimenting, uh, especially when you're like just starting out and then hone in on. I've always said like, whenever you create something, it's half of what you like and half of what the audience responds to, or half of what, and half of what the audience likes. So it's just finding that, finding that sweet spot. And I think that it's important to uh, acknowledge when you're beginning something to acknowledge that you are in the position to take risks more and experiment more because when you, if you become big or, you know, you have a huge name out there, you're not able to take as many risks as you were when you were just starting out. So I'm fortunate to be, I'm going to have a little audience, but not, you know, compared to the point where it hopefully it gets to, but I, uh, I do like the place that I'm at that I get to mess around and, and take these risks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, as you said, taking risks earlier on is, is one of the best pieces of advice that I feel a lot of people receive uh, growing up because if you do make a mistake, you can just come back and, and start over and the feeling of regret often is bigger than the failure that you might feel from doing it. So being able to minimize regret is, is often a really good thing to do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so at the beginning you had mentioned the skit. So how does uh, the creative process differ for uh, stand-up? Uh, stand-up is very well written. So it's hardly any improv unless you're doing <clears throat> crowd work, which is messing with the crowd. and messing with the kind of people on the spot and even then you might be repeating things that you've said in the past so being on stage is very much thought out like i have notes and bo i have like books around me right now with like my jokes in it and and it's like i mean like just for example today i went on a run and i'm like trying to figure out these jokes that they kind of work uh but they don't work as well as i want them to work so then i I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch this line. I'm just pretty much going to flip the joke. So like the setup is that now going to be the punchline. And then I'm going to go to an open mic tonight and see if that works. And then if it doesn't, then it's going to be humiliating as shit. And then I'll try to figure out another way to do it. But it literally is like a lot of, I'm going to take this word, trim the fat on this joke, you know, have it build up at this point. Just like, just like, yeah, it's, it is definitely more thought out than, than my than my skits yeah that's really great and thank you for sharing i know um part of the reason why i do this podcast is to allow people who want to pursue something similar uh to get like a really you know nice approach and uh, to hear from people in the field so that they can kind of take that first step so what was the biggest lesson you learned as a stand-up comedian uh from when you started last last year until now there's uh there's a um few months at least for me because i'm like super afraid to be in front of people <clears throat> uh, where it's absolute terror and just anxiety but then you, i kind of 
Um, and also, I do want to preface that yeah. I'm still extremely new at this, and this is just the stuff that I'm, I've learned as a beginner. So I don't want to act like I know everything because I don't at all. <laughs> it's uh, there's you know this, this is going to be something that I do for the rest of my life. But anyways, uh, wait, what, what the hell were we talking about? What was the question you asked? Oh, uh, the biggest, <coughs> the biggest lesson you learned. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, just get on stage as much as possible. Get comfortable on stage first, I think, before trying to be before trying to be funny. Uh, just get comfortable getting on stage, even little things. Yeah. I overthought everything, even setting the microphone stand to the side. Do I hold the microphone or do I keep it in the microphone stand and and just stand there? Do I walk around? Do I move around? I mean, <clears throat> just little little things like that. Like I'll. Uh, I did a show in Portland not too long ago and I was I'll, I was on stage and I'm like, okay, I was like in the middle of telling my jokes and then I was like, okay, I want I want to practice being more physical on stage. So then I just started walk, walking around a little bit more. So it's just like working it out, getting yeah. on stage as much as possible. Perfect. Yeah, great. Thank you. So aside from the stand-up and the skits that you do, uh, obviously you launched your podcast homemade so what inspired you to launch that podcast and do you feel that a podcast opens up new avenues for humor well a podcast first of all is is really good for uh, generating a live audience so there's that I listen to podcasts constantly so I was like okay uh, you know other people will I'm assuming other people will too I want to do you know what I think people are interested in um, I think I was listening. I can't remember what podcast it was, but they were talking about how we've created all of this technology, artificial intelligence, and um, yeah, I don't know, with talks of simulated realities, just all these crazy things, 3D movies, but then the number one media outlet is just audio. We went back to like radio, which is super funny. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's easy and, and it's simple and you can multitask while you're listening to it. So I kind of just, and, and, uh, I just wanted to get my, I guess, I don't know, voice out there more. Um, it helps. And it also, the other thing is it really helps me practice. I wanted to test myself to see if I could talk for 30 minutes or see if I could talk for an hour. So I started out doing these Instagram lives for an, for an hour just to test to see if I could hold a conversation with myself for that long. And, and then I did that for a few, few times and then I did. So yeah, it's been, it's been going well. There's probably like five, four or five episodes out now. And I record one every single week, upload it to all the listening platforms. And then I try to upload the video version uh, on YouTube as well on my YouTube channel. Yeah. And wow. I mean, I, I think that's really good too, that not only do you, you know, make your material, but you look at the market and where it's headed, like looking at trends, like voice technology and being able to be agile and, and make modifications to look at what's coming. So I think that's that's a really good, really good thing to do. And that kind of probably sets you apart from, um, yeah, because if you don't do that, right, you kind of fall behind. So I think that's a really great piece of advice. It is like a balance, like learning how to be good and make good content, but then also keep up with the market. You know, I don't want to like hack the market and grow this big, big audience, but then I'm not funny, you know, or I don't have enough, I don't have enough jokes. And then, you know, <laughs> so I, that's why I try to practice comedy every single day. That's awesome. Yeah. So many, you know, people like even in sports athletes have said that it's basically just the frequency, like just putting in like that high output can 
can set you so far apart and can kind of bring you further along by kind of simulating that by being by outputting in such a high frequency. So that's great. So um, if you were to give advice to anyone wanting to pursue comedy, I know you obviously gave out uh, uh, different tidbits there in the past, uh, but for someone who wants to just kind of start doing stand-up, what would you share as a piece of advice for like a first step? Yeah, so I think uh, just get on, just, yeah, find the open mic and go watch it at first if you want to find out how much time they give you, uh, write that amount of joke, that amount of time in jokes or not, you know, you know if you, actually if you cut it short a lot of times, uh, they're cool with that because it's giving more time to the rest of the room. But uh, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> don't be afraid to like hold your notes in your hand and read them. That's totally fine. That was one of the things I was like trying to, I'm, I used to be really afraid of, forg I, mean, I still am afraid of forgetting my material but now when i go to an open mic even at shows i'll like have my phone or my notes next to me and just keep looking at them because i have a really bad memory so don't be afraid to do that that was one of my biggest concerns was forgetting my stuff but in an open mic no one cares and people go up with notes all the time they're like reading their notes as they're talking but <clears throat> i've heard people do an open mic and they weren't nervous about it or they went and did an open mic and they crushed the first time and did really well and i was not like that at all um and so when i hear when i heard people say that or when i hear people saying that it kind of discourages me or did discourage me because i was like damn when i the first like two months of me doing comedy i didn't get any laughs at all like and i wasn't comfortable at all for like the first like six months and uh and so don't don't let it discourage you no matter how it goes because the first time i did an open mic it didn't go well and it didn't go well for a really long time and i just i i, I read a lot about comedy and i watch a lot of comedy interviews and i i know that there's a process with it and an evolution based on what other comics have have said and and so I kind of just trusted that. And I mean, honestly, I really got to, for me at least, I had to really believe that this is what I love doing. It was my favorite thing to do. And I kind of just forced, I stayed true to that and I leaned into that and just hoped that things would, I mean, I'm still hoping that things will pan out. You know, I've only been doing it for like a, <laughs> less than a year now, but uh, it feels good to have faith in it and, and trust it. Uh, so that that really helps is just just lean into it and trust that you'll be alive and you're not going to die if you get on stage for three minutes or maybe you will die maybe you'll have a heart attack and it'll be a horrible experience <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna go on stage and do stand-up comedy you you gotta have jokes prepared uh, but if you're doing improv then that's the whole point of it is to make it up on the spot and the thing with improv is there's rules to it and you have a partner that knows how to do improv um it's a uh, like it, 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 improv is interesting because it seems i guess stand up too the improv it seems very seamless but they've been studying you know good improvisers have been studying it forever and practicing it forever and it is a muscle in your brain to be sharp and and again there are rules it's all based on something uh called yes and where you agree with your partner your teammate and then add on to what they said because the moment you say no, the moment you don't agree with them, 
then it just shuts the scene down. So if you're like standing with, uh, you know, some other guy and that person's like, yeah, dad said that we need to clean out the garage. And then you're like, you have to agree and be like, oh man, I hate when he has this dust under the car or whatever. You have to agree and add on as opposed to, you can't be like, oh no, dad never told us to come in the garage, you know, come inside the garage. Yeah. Because then it just shuts, shuts the scene down. So there's like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've studied improv just a little bit and there are tons and tons of rules with it to make it like another one is like don't go for the jokes you don't want to tell you don't want to like like tell a joke in improv you want to just be in the moment and then the funny stuff comes out of you making it up on the spot as 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 opposed to thinking of jokes on the spot fantastic no beautiful words of wisdom thank you so obviously you've you know, listen to a lot of different videos, you've watched a lot of shows growing up, so if you were to kind of give your top three favorite comedians, if you can, uh, who do you think they would be? So, the first person that ever got me excited about comedy was a guy named Dane Cook. I don't know if you know who he is, but he just Dane? was like, oh, this was I like early so. 2000. Yeah, he was like really popular in early 2000. He just like, made comedy this like like a rock star event where it was like theatrical almost um and he was he was flamboyant and and would yell and he was just like or extremely physical um and i don't know not flamboyant but physical but and so he got me excited about comedy and then like finding out about it and then i was like okay what who else is out there that are, yeah, who else is out there? And then I started liking George Carlin. He, he, he died a while ago, but he uh, had this insane comedy career where he went from this clean cut guy and then in like the 50, 60s, I think it was. And then he, he evolved into uh, a character that he called the hippy dippy weatherman where he would come out and just be like this like stone chill, like, you know, I don't know, like, yeah, stoner, stoner <laughs> dude. And then he eventually evolved into like the person that everybody came to know him as, which was this controversial, um, like iron fist goes against the grain guy. And when he got to yeah. that, that point, his writing was insane. He would go on stage and like say these long, it was like an hour of material, these long monologues that some of it was, I mean, it was all funny, but a lot of it was, it was thought provoking. And I was like, whoa, this is comedy that makes you think as well as laugh. Yeah. And he was talking about like very controversial stuff, but it was all, it was always, it always made you think. So probably those two guys I really liked. And then, um, I think it, you, I don't know. And people have mixed feelings about him, but Louis C.K. was another guy that was like this amazing writer. And his early stuff, I didn't really like too much, but like when he was older, he was the type of person that would be able to talk about something that was extremely silly and just ridiculous and crude. And then eventually, and then just like immediately switch it over to another thought provoking topic. And I just, really liked that, yeah. that he was able to have both sides like talk about 
you know, silly stuff and then switch and talk about something that makes you uh, think and question, question everything. So I would say those are some, some people that I enjoy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, from what you had said too, I know when I've listened to Louis CK too, like the, the humor kind of elements kind of make you think and question the scenario that he's talking about, which is really cool. So you actually come away with a different perspective through the humor. Yeah, stuff that makes you think, makes you question. Um, I think it was, I heard Bo Burnham talk about in an interview once where he doesn't talk about like really, uh, his style isn't, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something like his style isn't like controversial or like fucked up humor, but then he can laugh at it and he can respect it and acknowledge it. And I, I really like that, that it's like, sometimes it's so ridiculous uh, that but you respect it because you know you understand what it is and you're able to laugh at it and they've worked at it so hard to make it funny yeah definitely definitely but yeah thank you for answering all the questions that i've had uh we're gonna go over now into the comic corner so as you know i have a series of you know different acts that we can we can act out here just very quickly um i'll put on my improv shoes and you're obviously already experienced at that so uh, the first act will be breaking news, so we'll both be anchors, and we'll be talking about the invention of the chair. The invention of a chair? The invention of the chair. So previously, before this new set, uh, chairs didn't exist. Wait, wait, alright, this is either going to be a train wreck, or it's going to, wait, you guys, <laughs> wait, what are we, we're doing an act out right now? Yes, basically it's breaking news, uh, scientists have developed a chair which allows you to sit down and previously before this newscast uh chairs did not exist so everyone's standing oh i got time. you got you um okay so i <laughs> <laughs> okay this is gonna be a this actually i'm my, my character is actually gonna be uh a newscaster at a college news okay so he's like okay college news so he's like hungover and he is like super young and okay so Oh shit, everyone. Uh, you won't believe what we just uh, discovered. Breaking news. I know the entire campus has been standing up. All uh, 40,000 of us has been standing up for the entire uh, uh, time the college has been around, which is uh, very- 23 years. Yeah, 23 years, which is very inconvenient. And um, no wonder the grades have been steadily declining because everybody's frustrated and anxious because their legs and calves are sore so guess what we just had this new invention that was just uh, created by dr hergensteinman and dr Her hergensteinman created something to help him uh because he has the problem that he doesn't have legs and so he can't stand so people have just been having to carry dr hergensteinman around so he created something called the chair now, the chair is <clears throat> is a device that gets you to sit down. Uh, now, there's never been sitting before, so you don't know what sitting is. So what sitting is, is just, it's in between standing up and lying down. Now, Dr. Hergensteinman is very excited to uh, uh, release the chairs and very glad that you're here to listen to this for the first time because uh, you're going to get a promo code 20% off 
and that brings the price of the chair from $10,000 down to $8,000. So you can get that here with promo code, uh, 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 promo code Dr. Hergensteinman has no legs. It's all one word, Dr. Hergensteinman has no legs. Yeah, so, so Professor Hergenstein yeah. um, designed this. Basically, you'll be able to live an extra 20 years. Um, this was just from a report from MIT, and as my co-host has said, uh, please put through the promo code. And if you do have any questions, feel free to reach out to our program. Thank you for listening. Go, Go Tigers. Tigers. Go to the brewery across the street, crush some beers over our heads. So we'll see you guys there. And scene. Good. That was Cheers. good. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So that's a check there. Boom. Dope. All right. So act two is basically I'll be selling you an umbrella that tells you when it's raining or not. So hello there. Uh, what's your name, sir? Kevin Peterson, how, how are you? You just uh, opened my door and I'm in the middle of dinner with my family right now, so what do you need? Oh, sorry, sorry to barge in there, Kevin. Um, I noticed that on your house, on your towels, you have a lot of, a lot of water droplets. Um, it's clear that maybe you're not aware of, of when it's raining or not. Um, so in my handy pocket right here, oh, sorry, dropped it there, let me just pick that up. Um, yeah, so this is a, a normal umbrella, which I would imagine that you use on a daily basis uh, but in my other pocket here so as you can see it's double the size uh, it's electric so those lights at the bottom will actually tell you when it's raining or not as you can see here uh, your child Jimmy looks a little wet there so it's clear that his umbrella didn't tell him that um, it was raining first of all I see that you're staring over at my family quite a bit it's 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 awkward and unusual uh, my wife is getting very frustrated that I'm standing here at the door for so long and uh, she's already threatened divorce Many, many times, so I'm assuming that we're going to have that conversation again after, after, our, after our little conversation spiel here. Um, well, it's enticing that you're giving me the opportunity to buy this, uh, but I have unfortunately, because of the problem where I'm not able to understand if it's raining or not because I have cataracts in both my eyes and I can't tell, uh, I can't see the rain. Um, I have actually spent, I spent about 20 grand and I put a lien on my house, took out some extra money um, uh, to buy a bunch of tarps and hired a bunch of people to walk around uh, above, uh, holding the tarps above me um, nonstop. So unfortunately, all of my money is tied up in people and tarps and I'm getting a divorce with my wife, I'm assuming, so I'm gonna give the rest of the money to her. So I'm gonna have to pass on your umbrellas, but I think um, my neighbor, he is either always uh, sunburnt because he's very fair skinned or he's always soaked in water uh, because he doesn't, he's not able to understand if it's raining or not. So an umbrella may do him fine to cover him from sun protection and uh, rain. So you might wanna to talk to him. All right, well so, here, give me, uh Here's my card. You can give that to him, um, and he can give me a ring. And yeah, and then we can work that out. All right. Well, um, if you could please leave, that would be great. And scene. And, and scene. scene. That was good. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. So we'll do one more. Um, basically, there's a physicist who is uh, winning a Nobel Prize in quantum entanglement, but most of the audience uh, speaks in a different language. They speak in the the Reddit language, but I know previously you had mentioned that uh, you know you have to, I guess, take time to get into the 
the Reddit language, but the idea is that you would be a Reddit translator. I would speak in English and you would translate accordingly. Um, but it is totally up to you if, if you want to pursue that or not. Uh, how about, because that's going to be uh, just probably obnoxious for people at some point. <laughs> how about we just go off and explain what quantum entanglement is? Or you can ask me as, we'll do this. You'll be, I'll be on a panel. You ask me questions about quantum entanglement. I will answer yep. them and we'll do like three, three questions. Sure. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Cool. Let's do it. All right. So I do have one question uh, from uh, Dr. Groan there. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dr. Groan. Uh, big fan, big fan. Um, I've read your work, read your articles, and your recent article publication on quantum entanglement is amazing. It's groundbreaking. It is. So what is quantum entanglement, if you were to say it in a nutshell? Well, quantum entanglement as we all understand, as we all understand, and if you don't understand, then you're an idiot, quantum uh, is tiny. And it means tiny little particles that float around and uh, actually the little floaty things that are in your eye, those are quantum particles. And entanglement, well, that means when things get all knotted up like a bowl of spaghetti. So combine the two, it uh, actually translates into I floaty spaghetti. Okay, next question. Great, thank you so much. Um, did you write that down, Janice? Yes. Perfect. Okay, great. So, uh, question two. Um, when did you start studying physics? I started studying physics, so uh, I'm actually 95 years old, but I've been taking NAD, which is a uh, life uh, elongating supplement. I get it injected into my arm. Once a month, it costs $10,000 each time. Uh, anyway, so I've been studying it. I picked up a physics book when I was about seven years old. I was in a college-level class at the University of Universities. So, because I've been advancing my way through school pretty rapidly my whole life. So it's been about 90-something, almost 90 years I've been studying it. And it's going very wow. well. Yeah, I inv I've invented I invented the dishwasher. Uh, I invented uh, the the uh, legs on uh, on a chair. I was the one that created that. Really, all four. Yeah, all four. Me and my me and my partner has since passed. Um, and then I also invented concrete that you pave the roads with. Before, it was just paved with it was just dirt and and horse horse feces because. We didn't have cars, so I didn't invent the car. I wasn't that guy, but uh, I invented the concrete that we put on the ground. That's amazing. One of the things I love about you is your modesty. Uh, it's such a great, great pleasure to meet you. And as a final question, I am the best. Um, anyways, final question: Was Einstein right or was he wrong? Einstein. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was an excellent question. I'll tell you what. Right now, he um, he was wrong when he tried to take my girlfriend. Yeah, I have a pretty, yeah. So that's something that you might want to put in your article. Einstein was wrong about trying to take her and she liked me, not him, even though he was with her for quite, quite a bit of years. He that definitely pissed me off. So he was wrong about that. That's specifically what you're asking, yeah. He definitely was, yeah, that's, that, that's specifically what I'm asking, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, 
Well, it was a pleasure meeting you, Dr. Groan. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, I might send you a follow-up email with some other questions that I have. But thank you so much for answering them. Uh, all the best and congratulations again on the Nobel Prize. Yes, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for uh, talking to the smartest person in the world. And scene. Scene. Nice. We did it. So all three in a row. Check, check, check. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. It was, it was a really nice pleasure meeting you and, and learning about uh, your passion for comedy and, and why you do it and the impact that you want to make. And it was really nice to also have the opportunity to, to do some skits there and to be spontaneous. Uh, so with that, I just want to give a special thanks to Perry for being on the show. I had so much fun and I know the listeners had an amazing time. You are a true inspiration and have a strong foundation in optimism, empowerment and collaboration. Uh, it was a true pleasure chatting with you today and I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you. Perfect. Cheers. <laughs>